0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 174 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Finish Line Fencing, the original and only warranted horse fence of its kind. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network. On today's show, we have Caitlin Gooch, who, through her nonprofit Saddle Up and Read, uses her horses to get youth excited about reading again. This is Debbie Lauchs, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thank you for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer, Jen, with me today. Hi, Jen. Greetings, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I mean, does anybody ever get scared? I might say, Glenn with me today, your husband. (laughs) (laughs) I have Glenn with me today.
1: Well, Um, it does happen every once in a blue moon.
0: It does. It does. And it is kind of fun to get him on here. He causes us all to chuckle quite a bit, too. And
1: I miss him. And how's he doing? Everything good? Doing pretty good. The The funnier half of this here tr- duo is doing pretty well. Yes, we're uh, looking forward to 2021 and uh, looking forward to new starts and uh, re- re- getting to know and visiting old friends that we haven't seen for a while, which oh. is kind of appropriate since our guests are talking all about new starts for horses and new starts for people and getting reacquainted with old friends. True. We're so looking forward to 2021
0: and lots of new things happening. And of course, those things that support horses.
1: There we go. And we're going to do all of that right after we hear from the folks at Finish Line Fencing, because this show wouldn't be here without them. So we'll be right back with Caitlin. Well, I'm here
0: again with Kim and Lisa, and we're talking about finish line fencing because I get a lot of questions from people who are trying to put up one thing or another, and uh, they know now about finish line fence and uh, your product. But here's some of the questions that I get, or at least one biggie. What's the difference between finish line fencing, the the original, and finish line XL?
2: Yeah, absolutely, Debbie. Like I mentioned before, the original finish line has actually been out for over 30 years now, um, and that one was actually developed um, for horse safety. It's it's 1,250 pounds of tensile strength. It's 4 millimeters in diameter. Um, and it's available on a spool, and one spool only weighs about 24 pounds, so it's very lightweight and easy to handle. Um, XL, on the other hand, has been out for a few years now. Um, It is 1,850 pounds of tensile strength, um, five millimeters in diameter, and it, it really just adds to the visibility, that, that thicker um, diameter to it. So is
0: that, that's the main feature of that is so that you can see it a little bit more from a distance um, it, it, aesthetically or for uh, visibility for the animals?
3: Yes, that, that's, that was one of the main reasons. And actually it was an answer, we came up with this because a lot of our customers keep their cattle and the horses together. So we right. needed to come up with a solution for them. So we needed something a little higher tensile strength. So by increasing the diameter, which gave you this beautiful line to look at and more visibility, mm-hmm. it also gave you that added tensile strength. So that way, the horses and uh, cattle, when they were worried about not maybe it not being strong enough at 1250, the original. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, we came out with this, and it's actually very popular Still very economical and and uh, it's really in high demand right now. We, uh, put it this way: thirty years ago, we used to sell about one percent black. Now it's about three percent black, and I think it's more of a trend in in
0: style you know if you've got both colors available they should counsel with you on what's going to be the best look and the bo- best safety for their horses for their particular region i imagine green backgrounds versus sandy arizona backgrounds you know might make the difference thanks for sharing all that too so where do people find you how do they get hold of you
2: so there are a few different ways that you can reach us. Um, we do have a website. It's finishlinefence.com. Our Facebook page is Finish Line Fence, or you can give us a call at 877-625-6100. Um, you can order online. We have a full shop on our website. You can give us a call. We'd be happy to get you a quote for free, um, and we do ship out daily, daily. Um, And worldwide as well. We're we're very quick on shipping. We usually ship out the same day, if not the next business day.
0: Caitlin Gooch is a wife, a mother, writer, amateur gardener, oh, and a horsewoman too. That's why we're having her on. She grew up in Wendell, North Carolina, and she wanted to be a veterinarian, but her volunteer work with the youth in her community led her on a different path. Earning her bachelor's degree in sociology from East Carolina University, Caitlin was able to put academic context to the social cycle of systemic racial inequality. While working with youth in her community, Caitlin was exposed to educational disparities plaguing communities of color and decided to take action, starting with the literacy gap. Leading with her first passion, Caitlin uses her horses to incentivize reading for kids, making it a lot more fun. In 2017, Caitlin founded Saddle Up and Read, a nonprofit. Saddle Up and Read was birthed from her passion and a necessity, too. And it works to increase literacy rates in today's youth through access, opportunity, and best of all, horses. To contribute to the history of an industry she is passionate about, Caitlin has authored a series of Color and Learn coloring books. The coloring books focus on Black equestrian trailblazers to help children learn more about those unsung heroes. It can be found at Color and Learn black That's Color and Learn Black I'm so glad to have you, honored to have you on today, a podcaster. A- you know, as we said in your bio, a wife, a mother, a writer, an amateur gardener. Oh my gosh, you're you're up to your ears. Tell us a little bit about um, your horses first.
4: Well, thank you so much for having me today. I have surprisingly eight horses.
0: Wow! <laughs> and
4: it, it sounds pretty impressive. I know, but most of my horses were born here on the farm, um, out of my one mare, Barbie. Um, I have three Arabian quarter crosses. I have a quarter horse named Lady. I still have my first childhood horse. Her name is Goat. Mm. I have a miniature horse for the nonprofit. His name is Man Man. Um, I have a a stud and I have a mule. So my horses are here at my dad's farm in Wendell, and they they keep me pretty busy.
0: They sound like it. Everybody keeps you pretty busy. You're pulling on all parts. My goodness, that's really cool. So you use um, your Arabian though, right? And Man Man for the nonprofit, or is it just the Man Man, the mini?
4: I use the Arabian goat, and I use Man
0: Man for the nonprofit. I thought, yeah, he's he's really cute. They're both so cute. So tell us a little bit. I mean, let our listeners know a little bit about why you, uh, uh, well, what you call your nonprofit and why you did that.
4: So my nonprofit is called Saddle Up and Read, and it is my nonprofit that I use to encourage kids to read. About three years ago, the I'm not going to say that the idea came, because at the time, there was a book fair going on, and the theme was literally Saddle Up and Read, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, but the idea to actually go out and do it, that is something that I found to be my purpose, to put horses and books together and allow children to experience, to experience both at the same time. And I've always loved horses and books ever since I was a child. So now I I really get to see children use their imagination when they come out to the barn and they grab a book and, they read to the horses, and some of the kids uh-huh. can't even read, so they'll make up stories. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Yeah, you started this because you recognized a literacy gap, which is um, um, noble. I'm glad that you did that, um, but you just explained it. It's because you loved books when you were growing up. So what, what do you think was causing this literacy gap? Are, people, are kids just not reading as much anymore?
4: I've worked with kids and volunteered with kids in three different areas, and the thing that I have saw across the board was children were more interested in, in watching YouTube or playing on a phone or playing a game than they were with books. And I think to them, they feel like books were a part of homework. Like, that's something that mm-hmm. you only do at school. It wasn't really something they looked at like a leisure thing. Like, when I was little, oh, I'll grab a book and read it and go somewhere. I, pre- I created a whole movie in my head off of reading books. Nice. So I saw that with children. I was just like, you know, let's get them excited about reading. Let's actually foster a love for reading. That way they become adults who read and think and create
0: things. Right. Good idea. I mean, it's a great way to say it too, because it is a little movie in their brains to take off and go into other worlds. It really is an adventure, just like horseback riding is an adventure that a lot of kids never get to experience. Do you think this is encouraging them to get out and be with horses more than just goat and man, man?
4: Oh, definitely. I've had people who are in different states and even some who are in North Carolina, but they're too far from me. And they'll ask, can you put me in the direction of a barn um, or or do I know anybody in their area? Because they would like for their child to get into horses and to have an actual lesson. And I will, I'll do my best to help those people. It's, it's really exciting. It's really fun because if you just think about it, someone comes out to the farm or their parent sees one of the Saddle Up and Read Facebook posts. And then they start looking more into the horse industry. That alone is going to open up so many doors because, as you all know, <laughs> uh, the equestrian industry has many careers that haven't even been tapped into yet.
0: Right, that is so true. That is so true. And we're on opposite uh, sides of the United States, so it must be equally true there. But tell us a little bit about your educational background too, because uh, you're no slouch uh, for reading books. You went to college, and tell us a little a little bit on that, and then.
4: Yeah, I went to East Carolina University, which is in Greenville, North Carolina, and I got my bachelor's degree in sociology with a concentration in marriage and family therapy. The road that I went down was nothing like I thought when I was a child. I thought I was going to be a veterinarian when I grew up. <laughs> I <was> <laughs> Didn't teenager, we all? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. That totally changed when I got to college, and at ECU, I really enjoyed my time there, and once I graduated, I actually started working at a childcare center, and I started volunteering more. And eventually, I worked at a Boys and Girls Club. I I really felt like my calling was around children. Um, and I I had well, I have a big goal. So one day do therapeutic writing, but also implement marriage and family therapy, um, in general with black families and minority families. I know that therapy is something that's considered taboo. So even though I'm
0: using horses now to, to encourage literacy, eventually I want to use horses to encourage therapy. Hmm. I love that, and I love that you call your nonprofit Saddle Up and Read a barrier-busting nonprofit. Um, so is that is it is it doing it? I mean, you've been at this for three years now. Tell tell what you told me about what you've been doing every weekend for the past three years?
4: Well, I've been giving away books through the nonprofit. I'll take my horse, load her up, or or now Man Man, which I got this year, um, or load him up, and the trailer already has books in it, and I'll go to a, a neighborhood or a park or a parking lot of a store, and I'll set up everything so that if children, well, when children see us, they can come by and they can grab a book and they can meet the horse and they can touch on him or her and, and just see horses. A lot of the kids have never seen horses before. And if they have, they seen them in movies. So yeah. it's really interesting just to see their smiles. And even if they had seen horses before, they're still excited. Like who isn't excited when they see a horse? Right. <laughs> and I've, I've even gone to neighborhoods and I really don't advertise for it as, I don't advertise for it as much, especially now because of the pandemic. But the last neighborhood I went to, once I got there and I got the books out, I took go out of the trailer and I just walked around the neighborhood and kids just started coming outside.
0: Oh, it's oh, so great. Yeah, because right now I just think the mental health for all our kids being inside so much the, the outdoors, horses and outdoors, it seems like the magical... Maybe it's our inoculation for all this problem. I don't know. Yeah,
4: but, and you
0: know, <laughs> yeah,
4: screen screen time is increasing. Mm. Some kids are doing virtual schooling, and they're having to meet with their teachers and tutors and speech therapists through a camera and looking at a screen. We need a break, and sometimes we might not even notice that we've up the the screen time to fifty percent. You know,
0: so yeah. it's, it's definitely something that that'll give people a break. I agree. But you also pop a, a book into their hands too. Now, how do you make that arrangement? How do you get all those books?
4: Oh my goodness. Now people just email and they say, Where can I drop the books off? Where can oh. I mail them to before I was buying them or I would I I would make posts on social media and I would say, Hey, I would like for someone to donate these twenty books and then I would do like a countdown. 10 books to go, five books to go, Aww. 10 books to go. Yay, we got all the books. And I would bring those books with me. So if those children, they wanted to take a book with them, they absolutely could. A few months ago, one of the volunteers, she's a local in Wendell. Her name is Diane. She handmade tote bags out of our old seed bags. And so we put real cool gifts in there. And, and like,
0: like it was like a goodie bag.
4: And then when the kids came by and grabbed the bag, they also grabbed as many books as they wanted to.
0: Nice. Nice. And, and, uh, there was a tweet that went out. and I think everybody should know about that too, is it shows the power of social media for good sometimes too. So you had this tweet that went out and went viral. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So last
4: weekend, oh, no, the 5th, December 5th, we had a book drive. Downtown window and at the end of the day, I was so tired. <laughs> and I had a seat on the railroad tracks, and you can see my horse trailer behind me. And I just decided, It is so pretty, let me take a picture. So I took a picture, and then I, I ate my food, and I sat in the truck a little while longer because I was just so tired. <laughs> and then <laughs> when I finally got home, I, it was around six o'clock, I think, and I made a tweet and I said, Hey, I'm Gooch. I, me and all my siblings, we go by our last names. And I said, hey, I'm. Um, you see that horse trailer and truck right there? And I said what I did. And when I woke up the next morning, it had over 20,000 likes. And people have been talking about it nonstop ever since.
0: And there's a lot more likes up there now. A, a, a gob. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got 60,000 I think. Now, so I mean and you've been featured on Horse Nation and Adobe and Spectrum News and all these other places too, which is deserved. I am so glad that people are recognizing a good thing in this all this craziness. Tell us a little bit about your dad. It sounds like he was important. It's your dad's ranch that you based from. What did, what did he do for horses and you?
4: My dad started me in the horse into horses. He started me riding when I was three years old. Um, I love him so much for that. <laughs>
5: mm-hmm.
4: And he he's always had this horse farm. We've always lived here. Um, and we have always done trail rides. That's something my dad has played a huge role in. These trail rides that are normally on the weekends from March to November, a black saddle club would host a trail ride at their farm or they would rent a farm or they would even host it in like their backyard. They not necessarily even having a farm. Mm -hmm. And we would go to those places, whether it was in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Virginia, Maryland, and we would ride for the weekend and fellowship and dance and have raffles. I've been to one, one trail ride where they raffled off a horse trailer. Wow. (laughs) So those are, it's a lot of fun. And, it's predominantly black equestrians. It's something that i grew up seeing, and to other people, when I start talking about it, they are so in awe because
0: they just have never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the American West cowboys were black. I mean, there were a lot, uh, there's a legacy there and you note that that legacy has kind of been erased. So are you, are you helping with that? Are you resurrecting some of those
2: stories?
4: Absolutely. In Saddle Up and Read, we have a special library of Black equestrian literature. And through that, because I I, I love to read, I haven't read all the books yet. There's about less than 60, but I've read so many stories about Black equestrians in history. And so I launched a coloring book this week to teach children about those equestrians. And it's just a fun way because a lot of these books are not tailored to children. Um, they're they're really big and heavy and mm-hmm. it's just not something a child is going to pick up. <laughs> so yeah. I'm trying to I'm using coloring to introduce those equestrians and also send a message in the back of the book. Um, it says you are the next generation of equestrians and I think that's really important because I feel like the word itself equestrian hasn't been said so much in collaboration with black or minority and it's really just been cowboy which is so interesting because of the history of the word cowboy but also because when we think about cowboys and cowgirls we automatically think about horses and so do children so I wanted to give them that that word that term equestrian I've known a lot of the adults who can't even pronounce the word equestrian mm-hmm. and they don't even know what it means so it it really meant a lot to for me to put that definition in there and let children know that this is something possible that you can do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the coloring book. Do your girls, you have three girls, I think. Did they get to pick what you're going to color? Or how'd you do that? (laughs) They didn't.
4: I do have three girls, Haley, Rosalie, and Nobly. My oldest is 10 and my youngest is nine months. But wow. I did put a picture of my oldest daughter, Haley, in the covering book. She has wow. a helmet on. She's, she's actually riding goats, bareback. And she has her long, colorful braids.
0: And, and so I thought that would be really cool to include because we don't see that a lot in media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. And, you know, my my dad, growing up, um, he rodeoed when I was really young, as well as showed horses and made a living with that. And uh became uh, in college uh, he won the, the a big championship in steer wrestling uh, but his hero was Bill Pickett I don't know if you know that mm-hmm. name but he was yeah. the guy who really invented steer wrestling um, but he mm-hmm. did it mu- in a much more macho way than my dad did because he his invention was to Jump off a horse. This is a speeding horse chasing an, an even speedier cow, often, <laughs> or steer, and uh, grabbing it by the head and chomping down on its upper lip and flipping it over. Now, if that ain't macho, I don't know. What right? It, I don't know <laughs> what it. But I mean, it, you know, sir wrestlers thought they were very brave until they started talking about Bill Pickett. So I I know there's a, a <laughs> lot of legendary black uh, rodeo and um horsemen out there from uh you know the the wild west was uh populated by brave men period the men they're the color when we were growing up at all so um i am glad that you're bringing some of that legacy back to the fore because these guys they really did win the west for us and and um i don't know if you know much about the i hope you study a little bit bit of the west too um with the black cowboys because um these guys out here didn't raise cattle for the meat. Did you know that? Yeah, they did. not They raised it for the skins because out here there was nobody enough to eat the meat. So, so they would skin them. And it was the skins and the Corinthian leather that they sent back around the horns to... Um, you know, make Italian shoes or go to the uh, eastern side of the United States, uh, and so they did all the work out here while the rest of the world was was uh, finding fine leather. And that was a big part of our um, our pushing out into the West and founding the West out here was to raise cattle out on these big open um, land grants, is what they were. So, and uh, color was no barrier out here; only brave souls that were hardworking.
4: Yeah, I've read about a few um Black cowboys out in West and some of them, their their parents might have been slaves, but their parents worked and were able to to buy their children's freedom or buy their family's freedom. And one of the cowboys I read about, he left his family at a very young age because he wanted to do cattle drives and he just he he stole a mule <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and he rode <rolled, laughs> until he found someone that would hire him to mm-hmm. actually be a part of the cowboy drive. Great. And it was so interesting because he comments on how when you're a cowboy, they they really don't discriminate because it's like when you're out there, you have each other. Mm-hmm. You That's know, like right. you can't just abandon a fellow uh, cowboy. Yeah. And it's, you have all those cows, and you have to worry about being safe and stuff not being stolen or eaten by wildlife.
0: <laughs> That's right. And, you know, it's just like our horse herds, too. I mean, everybody's pulling for it, doesn't matter what the, you know, they're out of the Mustang, Nevada holdings, you know, where those Mustangs are. It isn't all just uh, barb. Uh, Spanish Barb, you know, little bay uh, mustangs. It's also, mm-hmm. oops, some draft horse got out in the group, or oops, some. <laughs> there's a few mules and and a little crossbreed. You know, we've got it all out there in our herds, and they all pull together, and they all have their jobs, and um, they all support each other. That's how they survive, and that's what we should be doing. So yep. I'm read. I'm reading on your site, uh, saddleupandread.org, and read dot org, and it says that uh, it. Oh, you call that? You have an acronym for that? How do you say that? Soar? Oh, sore. Um, soar, yes. Sore like saddle sore. I get it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it out loud. Well, it's a, it's a beautiful site. You've done a great job on it, or somebody's done it for you, and uh, I hope people will go there and see what you're what you're doing. Is there anything I else? I
4: actually that- made. Did you? I actually made. I made it in one day because. I, <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, this I'm is really gorgeous.
4: The, the the kind of person who was like, okay, if I need to get something done, I try my best to just it up and do it all. I believe <laughs> like,
0: you. I believe because, you. I mean,
4: with three children, it gets really busy, and we're homeschooling as well. So I I do try to segment out my time and use time management skills. But sometimes I get really excited. I'm just like, oh, this is going to be so amazing with something. <laughs>
0: well nothing's holding you back and uh, you know i just love following what you're doing i'm so glad you're doing it for the kids i'm so glad you're doing it for literary literary um uh excellence you know back into our world of kids because it really does create adventures especially when they're homebound right now and getting them off the screens and devices would be a wonderful encouragement anyway why not and um I love your your quote on, on your site that says, children who read become adults who think. And I believe that.
4: I, I do too. And my my ultimate vision for South and Reed is to have our own um, farm, our own equestrian facility so we can provide a way to, to let children have those experiences. I know that horseback riding in general is a career Um But I do want to make this something that is affordable and achievable, Um, even even if we're able to do some of it for free, you know, just so they can have that exposure. Or even if a child isn't interested in riding, maybe they want to create something that will help horses in a better way. And I just want to. I want to and I will open those doors and opportunities for children because they, they're the future. They're the ones who are going to be here. They're the future of the horse industry in general. So we have to give them those chances and let them think now because children are so, they are so amazing. And once they start talking and they're allowed to just be themselves and, and talk through some of the things that they're thinking, they really create some amazing things.
0: Mm-hmm. they sure do they sure do they are our future and I'm glad you recognize it but I'm glad you're putting your your sweat equity and your beliefs in them too I appreciate you Caitlin and uh, I would love Thanks. to have you back when you're you know the next time you create something new for them but I hope people will go look up um, not only your website for Saddle and Read but also color and learn for your coloring book this season and all year long imagine if you could take monty to the barn with you watch and learn as he addresses each challenge with your horse and answers your questions too you head to the arena and you work on each new lesson knowing monty's there to encourage you all with violence-free tried and true methods After all, he's been helping train horse lovers all his life. With his online university, you could be like Kathy, a retired teacher who just bought her first horse.
6: Recently, I went to a tax shop to look for a smaller halter. Um, 61, just purchased my 14-hands POA the day after my birthday just a few weeks ago after never having had a horse. And yes, that's crazy, but as a retired teacher who never had a hobby other than teaching, I decided to go for it. My hub, hubby and I have taken lessons this past year, but I really longed for a relationship with a horse. Um, the only other experience I'd ever had was to ride a horse in Philly, Pennsylvania, my hometown, when I was 16, and I got bucked off. And that was it <laughs> until I was 61. Um, well, the owner of this tax shop, um, this is precious lady, 84-year-old lady, gave me a copy of this magazine, Equine Mon- Monthly. And the article I read in it was horses are biofeedback beings, And it was just so interesting. I really felt like I just found a pot of gold when I read it because in it, it talked about Monty's online university and that I could have access to 575 videos for $10 a month. And before that I was just searching YouTube for everything I could find. But truthfully, that's just a pain. Um, I love that the uni videos are concise, and they're in order. Um, They have extra notes and a quiz, and I just can't thank you enough for the huge blessing of your online university. It really has changed my life, and I will never be the same. Um, I've had my horse, Jack, now for seven weeks, and thanks to the videos, I've done join up with him, and it really worked like a dream. Uh, I had to do it in an arena, but it still worked, thanks to Monty's lessons and the cues and the hand signals. Um, the ability to watch the lessons over and over on demand is incredible. So I also want to thank you so very much for making the online university affordable for this retired teacher. Thank you so much for all that you do for everyone who really wants to love a horse. Kathy.
5: Whisper.
1: You don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty.
2: Leave this world a better place,
5: The magic in the language of the moon. Dear Monty, what do you do with a horse that runs to the gate? Monty's answer. You need to cause your horse to be uncomfortable when he is near the gate and completely comfortable when he is away from it. You can accomplish this by several means. However, I recommend cantering in small circles while near the gate. Migrate away from the gate. Stop your horse, rub him, and let him relax. Begin to ride again. If he barges towards the gate, just smile and repeat the process. You should be aware of the fact that horses that tend to run out of the gate are horses that have been ridden out of the gate. As soon as a horse shows any tendency to display this undesirable behavior, it is a good idea to refrain from riding out of the gate from that point onward. You should do your work in the training session, dismount at the center of the enclosure, and lead the horse out. Should the horse in question continue to run to the gate, I would suggest schooling him back to back out of the gate. Follow the pattern of dismounting in the center of the work arena, lead the horse in several directions, ending up at the gate, then turn the horse away from the gate and back him through the opening. I have seen this process work very well in many instances. In the rare case where the horse continues to cause problems with this behavioral pattern, even though one has followed the recommendations above, then I strongly recommend seeking other exits from the enclosure. Confuse the horse by using many gates if possible, exiting each of them under the guidelines described above. You might say there's only one gate, to which my response would be, then think about making another one.
0: For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to MontyRoberts.com and click on the words Ask Monty at the bottom of the page. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here?
3: Where in the world is Monty Roberts?
0: Monty is looking forward to meeting zoo friends, two-legged and four-legged. Now we've got some busyness coming up, so listen close. In January... From the 22nd to the 24th, we have a Horse Sense and Healing for Veterans and Responders. And then we, on the 25th, we have a Horsemanship 101. Those are a lot of fun. It's a one-day event. Uh, it's a real intro. And then February, we're busy, 1 to 5, February 1 to 5, we have Gentling Wild Horses Course. I hope people will plug into that. That is so much fun. And we're arranging for uh, maybe a little extra Live performances there, too. And then uh, on February 8th through 12th, we've got Monty Special Training, which is also pretty exciting, too. And we take on all kinds of challenges. And then on the 14th to the 16th, we have Intro Course Module 2, which is a join-up course. So that is really fun three days, part of the overall two-week intro course, so it's a module. Then the 17th and 19th, we have Module 1, which is the first steps to Monty's methods. And then 21 to 23, we have Module 3, which is the long lining and a lot of ground driving. It's a lot of fun. And then 24 to 26, we finish up with Module 4, which is the prep for the intro course exams. Now, we are not done yet. We have in March, we have a Horsens and Healing from the 5th to the 7th for our first responders and veterans. Then on the 12th to 14th, we have Intro Course Module One, First Steps to Monty's Methods. And 15 to 26, we have an introductory course of horsemanship. The whole thing It's two weeks, 10 days, um, and you get it all done at once. Then in April, some long term planning here. First through the third, we have intercourse module two, which is the join up course, and the fourth through six of April is the intercourse course module three, long lining. Um, and, you know, just to put some uh, you, people have been asking us what happened to the CHA, the facility management certification. That's going to be in May. We'll be announcing those dates, but we push it out due to that covid thing you and can also,
1: everybody can travel more comfortably i get it
0: exactly yeah. we we thought it'd be a lot easier and you know also our certifiers have to travel here that's too right. so everybody gotta, has
1: to travel to get there
0: that's right yeah i gotta make them all comfortable there except me i'm planted yeah that's yeah. true <laughs> and <laughs> and so that'll be may and then in june uh on the father's day weekend actually we have the movement so there's for long-term planners
1: and dressage writers
0: you, you know who very, get everything very busy very
1: spring yes we do we do very busy spring if you could not uh commit all of that to memory, and I know I certainly couldn't, you're going to find Monty's calendar at MontyRoberts.com, amazing website, where you're also going to find um, videos from the Monty Roberts Online University, you're going to find the store where you can buy Monty Roberts, Dooley Halters, etc. You can get videos, you can get books, all of those things. Uh, You can also find the phone number, which is 805-688-6288. So do all of that. And you're going to follow Monty on Facebook if you have not done so already. So you're going to go to Facebook first and you're going to type in there Monty Roberts. And you're going to look for the one that has the little blue check mark, And you're going to say like and follow. And then you're going to head on over to Twitter. And then you're going to head over to Instagram where his handle is Monty underscore Roberts. And you're going to follow him all over there. So you have it all together. And you're going to get the app. If you haven't done that, if you're listening to this show, you've done it already. So what you're going to do your friends at the barn. You're going to ask gently and quietly and calmly, without making eye contact, if you could please hold their phone. And then you're going to install the app in their Android or iPhone, the Horse Radio Network app, by going to the App Store. And it's free. And that way you can have every show from the Horse Radio Network delivered straight to your phone without ever thinking about it. Or you could just pick and choose. You can put Horsemanship radio and nothing else in there for you choose. but uh, you're gonna to want to do that so yeah. uh, take care of it absolutely see you're not you know Glenn is not the only one that is funny in your family. you are
0: very <laughs> funny in the family too. <laughs> and many thanks to your sponsors too. that's uh, we've got uh, guest sponsors here of Coro. Uh, Equestrian Products. And we also have our title sponsor, which is Finish Line Fencing. We really appreciate Mm -hmm. them. And of course, Monty Roberts University, which is helping us spread the message of nonviolence across the world. So please share this as Jennifer instructed. And be sure to visit all the other great shows through that app on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.